accelerating your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news, reviews, and more for the hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I'm Belle. Belle. Man, how are you doing tonight? I, I'm, I'm doing pretty good, man. You doing okay? I, you know, I, uh, I, I received several pep talks uh, throughout uh, last night's episode, and I'm feeling good. There's something I needed to tell you, Belle. Uh-oh. Because in December, I've, I've seen the crisis all right, I was hooked up to a machine that allowed me to connect with all the other TV talk podcasts across the multiverse, and they all get destroyed, they all get deleted, they all get taken off of iTunes, and the only way, Bell, the only way to ensure that everybody keeps their podcast is if I go, man. I gotta go. Um, well, so, it's not like you were doing much on the show anyway, so see ya. Yeah, um, uh, <laughs> not the reaction I expected. <laughs> I told Just, you I got pep tops. I'm, 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 I'm good for anything, man. Okay. All right. So Bell TV talk. There you go. We're, <laughs> we're ready. All right. Fair enough. Um, so no, I'm not going to disappear in December, I hope. Uh, but we are here talking with you about this wonderful show that is The Flash. We're really excited. We got a great episode, a very tight episode. I'm excited to dive into it. Uh, but first, we got to let you know that, of course, we would not be here without the support of our patrons. So if you've not headed over to patreon.com slash TV talk, uh, you, you should absolutely do so to help us make this show and continue to grow and uh, literally help make the show. Because one of the benefits of being a patron uh, of uh, Flash TV talk is you get to be part of our discord channel. Without that discord channel, we wouldn't be able to cover everything tonight and you'll find out more about that a little bit later on so uh, shout out to uh, our current patrons and hey again if you want to join patreon.com slash tv talk for just a buck an episode you can actually join that discord so we'd love to have you there patreon.com slash tv talk bell also we've got a crisis coming and no i'm not just talking about the crossover i'm talking about the crisis of the flash tv talk crisis house party are you ready sir it's gonna be a crisis of fun Yeah, it is, man. December 10th uh, is going to be the date. Austin, Texas is the place at 6 p.m. Uh, we're inviting folks over. We're going to be watching the, the episode, the mid-season finale uh, live. And then we're also going to have food. We're going to have drinks. We're going to do the watch party. Then we're going to record a podcast right then and there. We'd love to have you join us. It's 60 bucks per person. Uh, the details are available at flashtvtalk.com. Just click on the banner. Uh, you can get your ticket. And uh, yeah, limited seating. Uh, limited space because you know we want to make sure that we're we're you know within the realm of possibilities within the house that we're doing this. we don't want to get evicted mid-episode you know that no, would be that, terrible if the cops come up and they're like hey uh you guys gotta leave uh but then we'd be like hey yo cops we're watching the flash you should it's come crisis watch with us. And yeah. be like, oh whoa man i'm supposed to be you know i was i was i'm dvring it right now i'm so sad i was missing it but <laughs> hey how about this you guys don't tell my supervisor and i'll watch it with you and then i won't kick you out of the house yeah that'd be amazing and you could be there for it and so uh join us again the details are at flashtvtalk.com uh december 10th 6 p.m austin texas food drinks watch party live podcast and more for just 60 bucks uh join us if you can all right that is all of the uh, housekeeping i believe man as uh as we kind of you know got that all out of the way i'm ready to talk about this episode you ready sir it's ready as i'll ever be let's jump into the rundown the rundown Episode four of season six, There Will Be Blood, directed by Marcus Stokes and story by Lauren Serto and Sterling Gates. Well, what happened this episode? Well, Barry's efforts to prepare Cisco for crisis are derailed when Cisco schemes to save Barry's life instead. Meanwhile, Ramsey Rosso uses his deadly new abilities to save his own life while sacrificing his humanity in the process. 
Dun dun dun. All right, man. This was a this was a tight episode, like a like a super tight episode with very specific stories that, you know, uh, you know, we've we've kind of talked about in the last couple of weeks, and uh, certainly in the the most recent several episodes, even going back to last season, of the amount of characters that are here and just the juggling act that's often done with so many characters. And this one, I feel like, really kind of gave the opportunity to focus in on very specific character arcs. And I think we'll probably see more of this as we get closer to crisis because everyone is going through the process of dealing with the, like the loss or the, the, the future of lost uh, or of, of their own personal loss. Last week we saw uh, specifically frost as she's dealing with, you know, the, the concept that she may die when she's just gotten a chance to start living. Uh, and we've seen, of course, Iris kind of dealing with the, the notion of Barry potentially dying and uh, and this this episode, we got a chance to really dive into the impacts of of Cisco uh, as well as uh, as Joe and a pretty, pretty amazing and honestly, just one of the most heartfelt moments that we've gotten all season. Uh, but we'll get to that here in just a minute. Let's first talk about Ralph, because, of course, Ralph is dealing with this as well. Uh, he's on this missing persons case that will uh, one day lead him to his wife. We've had all these kind of nods to this. We've had even uh, what do you say? Uh, you know, well, it's not like I'm going to. It's not like I'm trying to get married here or something of that nature. So we all know <laughs> a little, little wink and a nod there. <laughs> yeah, we all know where this is headed. But Ralph is upset, man. He's uh he's dealing with the fact that, you know, he can't save Barry. And um he's kind of lashing out. He was a little mean to Iris there, uh mid- midway through his little story arc. Yeah, you know, it's almost as if this has impacted Ralph more than say Cisco, which is interesting. I feel like it's, it's, you know, Cisco's losing his best friend, but like Ralph is losing the, the person who inspired him to be the person he is today. You know, you're kind of like, uh, uh, not really happy with who you are. And then you meet someone, uh, who inspires you to be a better person. And then you become happy with that person that you've become, which which Mm -hmm. is kind of what, what has been happening with Ralph. And now that person is going to go away and there's nothing you can do about it. And that's got to have a, a huge emotional impact on you. And and Ralph isn't dealing with it very well. He's lashing out at Iris. He's he's uh, uh, binge drinking and binge eating. And it's it's interesting to see him kind of revert back to this, you know, uh, earlier season Ralph. It's almost like we're seeing different characters engaging with grief and the loss of Barry at different stages. Right. So for for, uh, you know, for Ralph in particular, he kind of is embodying depression. He's not um, he's not enjoying his work anymore. He's not finding passion in it. Like you say, he is kind of, um, you know, kind of trying to medicate a little bit with food, with alcohol. He kind of is that depression. And you mentioned, of course, you know, comparison to Cisco. And Cisco's almost in that bargaining phase. Right. Because like he immediately is trying to figure out like, okay. No, we don't just accept that someone's going to die. We've seen this before in the future. And, you know, we had a whole thing with Iris dying and we figured out a way around that, uh, you know, obviously with with great loss attached to it as well. But the point is, he's going to try to figure out a solution to make sure that this doesn't happen, despite the fact that he is, you know, no longer a superhero. He is still very much in that heroic persona. He's a he's a you know dedicated member of Team Flash. Uh, you know, he, he's still kind of got the super science behind him and all that kind of great stuff. And it's interesting to me, Bell, that when Flash is kind of going through the process of figuring out who is going to replace him, 
that Cisco is the one that he chooses. Uh, what did you think about the concept of a future team Cisco? <laughs> well, I think Cisco's choice last season to kind of get rid of his powers may, uh, uh, yeah. I don't know, make that decision sort of difficult because, well, no, I mean, okay, 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 hold on. I'm being kombucha girl right here and like uh, starting out with a, uh, with a negative aspect and then being kind of hold on for a second. But no, I think, okay, I like it now. It's good. I enjoy it. Here's why. Okay. So the reason why Barry is the heart and the leader of Team Flash isn't necessarily because he is a speedster. It is because he is the embodiment of hope and because he is able to communicate that hope and to help his team resolve issues that otherwise might seem hopeless. So Cisco, by being his choice, Barry wants him to embody that sort of hope, right? And so, yes, he might not be super powered, but at the same time, he can inspire the rest of the team who have powers to get them through tough situations that may seem impossible. Uh, and and I feel like, you know, basically it's, it's going to relegate Cisco to being, you know, the guy in the chair sort of situation where he's in the command center all the time and all these kind of things. And, uh, and I think that's okay. Um, but it, it's, it's, I feel like that's where they're going with it. And that's why Barry chose him. Okay. Uh, not because he needs to be a frontline leader like Barry can be as the flash, but because they have Ralph, you know, elongated man. They also have frost. Uh, they're two, you know, uh, big hitter metas that, that, you know, he can, I guess, command and, uh, and lead, uh, from the back. And, and I don't say that like in a, in a, in a derogatory way. I mean, it like, you know, that's, that's, he can't be on the front lines anymore. He doesn't have no, his powers. I'd say, well, I mean, t- to be fair, if you look at kind of the history of who has been in that leadership role, you know, originally it was, uh, Harrison Wells, essentially. I mean, yeah. on HG Bard, uh, was was the one that was kind of calling the shots and leading Team Flash. Then after, you know, he was taken out, then um, I guess kind of you had a Barry-Iris duo that really just kind of became Iris as kind of that team uh, leader slash management role. And then, you know, after that, it became, you know, then Barry kind of stepped into it more of his own as she took a step back. And so he has been kind of the leader of Team Flash, despite the fact that he has not historically been leader of Team Flash. Up until now, where he needs to kind of pass the torch. Now, there has never, ever been a kind of like a, a legitimate secession or succession uh, plan here, right? There's never actually been a specific like Eobard saying, okay, now I'm no longer member of Team Flash because I you know, messed over everybody. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, there was never that that handoff moment or anything like that. Same thing with Iris. Same thing with uh, with Barry. So. This is the first time that we've actually seen, and I think it's because once Barry was able to come into his own as kind of the leader of his own team, uh, he is kind of setting things up to to fall in behind. Here's my thought on that, though. So it's Team Flash, and I get that it doesn't have to be Team Flash. It could be essentially Team Star Labs. Maybe that's the way that, that he's thinking about it or the way that the team is thinking about it. I have no problem with Cisco being the leader. The The problem that I have is that you know, who's, who's your hero? I mean, I guess you got, I guess you got frost and I guess you got elongated man, but is that, is that like, the team? Like, I is that the, see it now? Yeah. So that's going to be the thing is they're going to find out like, you know, who, yes, Cisco's the leader, Cisco's the heart, but who's going to 
you know, uh, do the legwork in the in the in the team. And I, I can see it boiling down to two separate instances. There's going to either be a stretch Ralphie stretch moment or a freeze frosty freeze moment (laughs) much much like our run berry run moment and um that's going to be what is going to turn uh either one of those or you know maybe both of them need uh need a uh you know run berry run moment and i just can't wait honestly to hear cisco say stretch ralphie stretch (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's um wow yeah. So th- therein lies kind of something that just feels a little bit off. I mean, but it's fine. It's fine. The other thing that feels a bit off about this storyline too, you know, I, I like the idea of Barry trying to prepare Cisco for leadership, but I kind of felt like Barry was talking down to Cisco throughout this episode. And, you know, like Cisco has been doing this as long as he has. I mean, granted, he hasn't been a metahuman as long, but in terms of like being on Team Flash, he was one of the founding members, so to speak. Like there's no there's no need to talk down to him as if he doesn't understand that like heroes have to make hard choices. Yeah, because he kind of was a hero for a bit. Um, I mean, I would argue that he's a hero now. I mean, like, you know, he's he would not be changing his heroic role. Um <sighs> Well, I, I think I think it's I think it's more like this. I think it's uh, Barry. So yes, you know, heroes have to have to make that choice, sure. and and have to learn that lesson. I, I feel like maybe it's more along the lines of Cisco. He has he has made a pretty difficult choice, but it wasn't it wasn't along the lines of saving life, right? It was a difficult choice for him and his personal life to give up his powers to. Uh, to pursue normality in regards to like his personal life and everything yeah. to, him to, to him to have a work-life balance. Like that is a big choice, but it's not a can't save them all choice. Right. I don't think vibe has ever had to choose between, you know, like, like the classic, you know, kind of like Batman situation where it's like, you know, you gotta, you gotta save the girl or save the, you know, whatever the burning building, you know, like that kind of stuff. Right. Okay. Sure. But I mean, I would argue that actually, hmm. All right. So um, as you're, as you're saying that it is kind of reminding me of the fact that the choice that he made last season was a selfish one. Like he did choose to kind of take himself out of the, you know, out of the fight, so to speak, for the sake of kind of having, having his own life, which is fine. I don't mean selfish in a bad way, but I mean, that was like just by definition, a selfish decision. And so if Barry, well, hang on, if Barry is wanting him to be, you know, the new de facto leader, that's the person that needs to make the non-selfish decision. Um, Even in this, you know, obviously Cisco is looking at it from the standpoint of we got to find another way, but he doesn't understand that Barry has seen it and there is no other way that the Flash must die in order for the universe to be saved. This isn't like Iris dying where it was kind of like, okay you know, we have to stop something that you know, we have to change the future. We have to figure out a way to make it so that she doesn't die. The fact of the matter is if she lived, that wouldn't change much other than, you know, Savitar not existing. Uh, this, if Barry lives, then nobody lives. So it's literally Barry or everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and the interesting thing about that too, is, you know, it's, it's uh Barry saw billions of, of, of versions of events, yeah timelines timelines and whatnot and um he i i I don't i don't understand why he didn't just tell cisco hey look i saw billions of timelines he did no no no. i I mean like specifically say when he sees that he stole the treatment i'm sure barry could have guessed that oh you're trying to uh 
you know, gonna, you're going to use this 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 treatment to protect me from the antimatter. Well, I saw billions of timelines, and you do that, you know, hundreds of thousands of times, and it never works, and everybody dies. So well, you need to get this idea out of your head that that you can save me. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that he would have had that kind of infinite knowledge there. I also don't get the sense that Barry maintains the information of all those potential timelines. You know what I mean? He, like, okay, so it's not like a Doctor Strange. I saw fourteen million seven hundred eight, you know, realities, and we only win one. It's more of like I glimpsed into the future, and the only future where everybody lived was the one where I died, and just less specifics. Yeah. So, all right. So, if if I'm remembering correctly, I think they they maintained this concept is that he can speed learn information. So it's the same type of deal. He can speed read. He can speed educate himself on becoming an engineer, whatever it may be. Uh, but he doesn't retain that information beyond a short span of time. So theoretically, when he stepped out of that experience. He did have kind of this like, you know, godlike knowledge of all the potential timelines and everything else, but he lost most of that knowledge beyond the fact that there's this one timeline where I die and that's the only one where I lived because that's, you know, that's kind of a hard detail to, to forget. Or Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. The, the, the one piece of, of information that he chose to keep from that was yeah. the fact that the only way. Yeah, OK, you know, that makes sense. But still, like, you know, you, you figure he could hint at something and be like, look, if there was another way, I'd have seen it and I didn't see it. And so you taking this to try to save me from antimatter is is a big no. Yeah, let's talk about this um, magic juice that that uh, that they get so they're they're chilling out and uh, Harrison Wells is hanging off the side of the building kind of like a Tony Wonder waiting for somebody to say something about magic yeah. <laughs> he's like oh an act of science you know he is OMG science embodied Bell uh, pretty much it seems like it <laughs> but he basically wants to set up kind of a, pr- a quick pro quo if you will uh, trying to get if if basically they get this uh Oh, no, hang on. So he's going to help them get the magic juice or the magic serum or the cure for cancer, <laughs> the, the MacGuffin liquid, uh, the the, the dominator juice. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's it's this literally magic potion that can do anything, right? Like, I mean, I know he says it, it, it's yeah, science. It, it, it's, it, it, can, it can reverse any damage done to the body. It can cure cancer. It can stop an antimatter wave. Like, it can do everything. So it's well, a very... So he, well, here's the thing, right? So, yeah, sure, it'll stop the antimatter wave from destroying your cells, I guess. That's what he's saying, that it'll happen. But when the rest of the Earth is destroyed by the antimatter, like, what are you going to do? You just going to, like, float out in space? <sighs> the, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, it was, it's, it's like convenient serum. That's what it is. It's convenient serum. And fortunately, there's only one vial of it in the entire planet, and it conveniently can do everything they need. Speaking of convenience, the uh, I wrote this down. the The device that uh, Harrison Wells wants them to build is an anti-vibration crypto circuit. So basically, he needs somebody with a lot of control over time and vibrations. The two people on the planet just so happen to be Cisco and Barry. So anyway, it's I just anti-vibration I, crypto circuit. So it's like a it's it's a cryptography tool. Oh, crypto. That, oh, okay. That, that See, works I, against vibrations. I saw crypto is more of like a, um, a time related. No, term. crypto is all about like cryptography. Or yeah, or, yeah. or or I was thinking uh, Chrono. Well, cryptid. Yeah, you're thinking Chrono. Yeah. yeah. It, it it could it could be the Loch Ness monster. That's like a you know cryptozoology. Oh no, that's not this though. That's not yeah. this. But yeah, no. so anyway, they make the deal. He goes in, they get the juice, and uh, they have the conversation. Of course, uh, Cisco fails the test and yet uh, is still going to lead the team as Team Cisco or potentially Team Vibe. But, you know, that's next week. We'll find out if uh, 
who who he is in the future or if he will be of course about you know we did see in the the flash of the potential futures which i think now has essentially been confirmed that the flash forward that we saw was our earth i think we kind of speculated at the time that when barry was getting all those visions the one with all of his friends running off was you know we had speculated that's potentially a different earth because cisco was in the vibe gear after the preview for next week's episode i'm not so sure anymore i think that was actually our earth See, man, and this is this is this is the thing that I dislike about. Uh, I was unable to watch live last night, uh, and for some reason, the CW decides that it's a bad idea to uh, show the previews for next episode. Yeah, before or, or after the, the you stream it online. Right, right, right. And so I always miss that. And so I don't know what the heck you're talking about. Okay, well, fair enough. The point is that um, it is going to be a very vibe centric or a Cisco centric episode. So I just oh, would not be, be surprised if. Um, if there's something there. All right. So, uh, so yeah, so that's, uh, that's Cisco and, and the wells and such, uh, blood work, man, this was a big blood work episode and what a great, great time of year for it with it being Halloween. Uh, blood work has got his super creep on. Uh, we first see him and he's like popping up on the doctor, just like <laughs> right up in his personal space. <laughs> he's a super creep, super, super creep. creep. He's super, super creepy. creepy. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, man, he, he, he's, he's crazy. Like, full on cray cray yeah it's 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 kind of neat because it, it doesn't feel like it's one of those things and i don't know maybe i need to rewatch the the previous episodes to make sure but i it sort of feels like his anger and not being able to treat everything just gradually drives him insane into the point of where he's like mad at death and it doesn't feel like it's one of those where he's like hi i'm you know normal blood work man and then all of a sudden he's like i'm crazy blood work man it's just right. like i'm mad well, first I'm sad. Now I'm mad. Now I'm even angrier. And now I'm really, really mad. And that just drove me off the deep end. Uh, and yeah, so now he's I'm been progressively more intense. And as his intensity has increased, kind of it's become insanity. Is that is that fair? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's one of those where, you know, it's he didn't start off like that. And it didn't feel like an abrupt change. So I really like how they're developing his character. Um because a lot of times, you know, the, it'll be like this, you know, one episode turn where they're like, I'm a super helpful person who is a priest, you know, and now I blow up orphanages. Right. <laughs> you like know? you do. <laughs> like yeah, you do. I did. I did like the you know, I know it was not a light switch at all. I mean, like you say, it's been a very good kind of build throughout the season um, and kind of trickled through in the storyline as we've seen him if there was kind of that who he was prior to this and, and that kind of critical change moment, it was really before the season began when his mom was still alive. Like we, and that, we're getting flashbacks of that too, which is great. Sure. So we get so a chance to actually see, see more of it. Yeah. yeah. Him as a, as a normal, well-adjusted individual, which we've never known in the present, even when we first introduced to him, I will say this though, in terms of kind of a light switch moment, him looking at the Hippocratic oath, that was such a great shot. Like I love Oh yeah. That. Do no harm. I like that a lot. Yeah. That was that so was, well done. I was, so, you know, I was honestly uh, thinking to myself, I was like, this guy's a doctor. Um, they have to tie the Hippocratic Oath in here somehow. Mm. And I, I I just don't think they're going to do it. I'm sitting there telling myself, it's like, you know, he's already killed one guy and he hasn't had any sort of like quandaries about it whatsoever. And then they did that shot. And I was like, yes, you <laughs> get it. Flash writers. <laughs> it worked well. I really did, man. It was, it was, it was a great shot in uh in the show and honestly this has been this was a really great episode i mean i thought it was really tight we got a lot of 
uh, storylines that are, are kind of threaded together. You know, despite the convenience uh, serum, the magic cure for cancer, the whatever you want to call it, um, being a little bit too overly convenient to not only does it cure cancer it also cures the problem of barry disappearing you know like everything (laughs) yeah yeah like that that was that was one it was it was so ridiculous and over the top that it like blew past my 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 bs meter thresholds right right like you just just have to accept it exactly exactly you can't even like like okay fine you know what we'll give you a mulligan (laughs) like yeah yeah you're just like, oh, oh, okay. So it fixes everything. Gotcha. Yeah, it's, it's Dominator Juice. All right, whatever. Um, <laughs> can we get on with the episode, please? <laughs> right, right, right. We got a crisis that we're building up to. Uh, but I want to say, man, it wasn't just a crisis moment that we're building up to. Uh, it was a Joment, man. It was oh, the Joment. So the the, the, the pinnacle Joment of the entire. And it makes me like, oh my gosh, it was so good. And I'm sitting there the whole time when, like, you know. He, he's just delivering his lines. I'm like, they're going to kill him, aren't they? Because, like, you don't get this much, like, Barry's thanking him for everything that, you know, he wouldn't be the Flash without him. And, like, Papa Joe's crying. He's saying he's not ready. And and I was like, don't take Papa Joe, too. Look, here's the thing. So, first of all, I, I called my dad after that. Like, I just, I, I <laughs> called him. I mean, I know I can't be the only. Raise your hand if you also called your dad after that, because that was... So that was a powerful, powerful scene. I mean, throughout the episode, we see that Joe's wrestling with the reality of uh, losing Barry. And because of the stakes that are kind of tied to it, this isn't just a, you know, putting him at risk. This is it. This is the end. He's uh, he is going to die in six weeks or, or however many weeks it, it is away. And uh, and so we see he's kind of like almost like emotionally shutting down, uh, you know, trying to kind of hide it a little bit. He's in denial to, to a certain extent. Um, and you know, it's, I think it's when Cecile looks at him near the end, uh, near that last scene. And she uses her powers and she, and she, she almost, she tears up as well. I know it was so, oh, the acting huge. man is huge. Oh, look this. So, so we, 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 obviously we love this show. We love these characters. We love these actors and actresses. They've done some such amazing work. And, you know, we, we, we poke fun at the material from time to time, you know, AKA magic convenient juice, but like dominator juice, dominant, sure. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the point is. That like, you know, there's, there is a cheese factor that comes along with this show and with this universe. And that's fine. Cheese is delicious. You know what I mean? I love cheese. There is nothing wrong with that. And so we are here for that. Nobody is expecting this, this television show to be like, you know, Game of Thrones at its peak. You know what I mean? Like nobody is expecting that out of the flash, but let me tell you something, man, the caliber of acting that we got in that scene. And it wasn't just a brief moment of like somebody shining through, you know, I've talked about it even earlier this season with, um, or, or rather during the crossover last year with, you know, Barry delivering that. Oh my God, dad, that, that moment. No, like this scene was so powerful. Like those dudes committed. And I mean, like that was, that was, you know, they, like you said, they were crying. Uh, you got the sense that like, I feel like, and I could be wrong here, man, but I feel like, <sighs> That that Martin pulled it out, Augustine. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Th- that like like the the lines that he was delivering when he kind of like not broke per se, but like broke down. Like you could almost see it on Grant's face, and it pulled something out of him. And I mean, like we don't deserve that caliber of acting. You know what I mean? Like don't get me wrong, this is a great show and I love it. But like that took it to a whole nother level. And I mean, I was, I was welling up, man. I called my dad afterwards just to tell him I loved him. It was, it was powerful. I, yeah, I, I kind of, I, I kind of feel like, you know, it was, it was maybe one of those things where, 
um, uh, either either Barry didn't know exactly what uh, Jesse L. Martin was going to do, or sorry, Grant didn't know exactly what Jesse L. Martin was going to do, and um, it was you know like you know like he, he didn't know how maybe maybe Barry's thought of how Joe or sorry maybe Grant's thought of how Joe's character would respond to this was one thing, and Grant's going into the scene thinking that, and then Jesse L. Martin just 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 turns it on its head yeah. and invoke some like real emotion because like, you know, if you think like, like, like for example, like, you know, if you, if, if you go to your dad and you tell him something and you're expecting him to act one way and he doesn't and he like, you know, he'll get, get upset. So like, like maybe you say, Oh, you know, dad, I, I got this new job that I've been working for and, and I, I've really, you know, put my heart into it and, and I got it. And I'm, I'm really, I'm really super happy and excited and you expect your dad to go you know well well good job son awesome let's have a beer and your dad cries and says he's so proud of you like that there's there's no way that wouldn't evoke a strong emotion from you right and so i feel like that was the kind of thing where you know maybe maybe grant was expecting uh jesse to play the character one way and he did it another way and it just it just it, it was, was powerful. Be- it, was, it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. And that's another thing I love about this show. Is, you know, we were talking about the cheese earlier. And yes, the show can be cheesy, but it also has these uh, the, these moments in it. And it's not like a rare thing. It, it happens frequently that we get this just great performances and just great emotional things. And it just, you know, it's it's like... It's like wine with our cheese because wine because they were crying. <laughs> get it? <Yes. laughs> no, no, that's good, though. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I oh yeah it was it was it was it was really really good I I was super impressed and uh, thought you know both of them did such a great job yeah. on that scene and Cecile too like Cecile like Cecile set it up I me. know I, she prepped us she did you're exactly and right like, and everybody's kind of leaving the room sort of like looking at Barry being like what's about to happen and like you can you can feel the the, the tension and the emotion rising but just seeing Cecile just like just just tear up and kind of just nod and, and like walks away and then they'll give him the room. You're just like, Oh man, it's coming. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if I'm ready. <laughs> that's man. Yes. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. She felt what he felt and she like the way that she reacted kind of prepared us for how we were about to react. And they took yeah. it even, they took it even deeper, man. It was so good. You know, my only criticism of this episode aside from the convenience dominator juice is that, uh, is that I, I think I know it goes against the way they've done things historically. I know we always end on that kind of, you know, Harrison Wells standing up or something of that nature, but like, I feel like this episode, they should have ended it right there. They should have left it on that heavy moment, uh, without jumping to the tease for crisis. They could have actually put that tease for crisis probably before that scene, and I think it would have actually played a little bit better. Now, again, that's not the way we do things on The Flash because we always end th- something with that little bit of that cliffhanger. And that's going to bring us to this week's The Road to Crisis. I got, I got dust in my eye. Give me a second. Hold on. Yeah. See, this is what I'm saying. Of course, with the, uh, you know, I'm not with the heaviness of that either. scene. It's just, <laughs> why did you have to make me cry, Papa Joe? <laughs> Bell, Bell, it's okay. It's okay. It's it's Wesley Ship's Flash that's gonna die. If that makes you feel any better, no, because he's gonna say something really sad too. Because <laughs> because he's his other dad. Yeah, I know. Uh, anyway, so so here's the deal, man. We uh we get in this tease up, this tee up for uh, Crisis. We find out that Harrison Wells uh has been putting together this device to track down what appears to be the Monitor now. Beforehand, he was saying that he was going after an artifact, specifically an artifact that actually contained uh, the Eternium. 
But now it seems like either he was trying to follow the monitor or perhaps the monitor is supposed to lead him to whatever said artifact is. So I guess here's my question for you, Bell. What is the artifact that Harrison Wells is going after? Is it the monitor or is it something else? I feel like the Eternium stuff and like a lot of the things that he's been telling Team Flash is not accurate and that he does have because they, they were even talking about it where, you know, like, it was like Cisco and Barry kind of like had a little aside where they're like, um, what is all this? We do something for him. He gets something that he wants and what? That's it. Like what's like, you know, even Barry says, like, you know, all the Harrys have had some sort of ulterior motive. Right. So I, I feel like there is maybe maybe he knows what's going on and mm. he knows his earth is slated for destruction and he's you know uh monitor i've come to bargain <laughs> <laughs> sort of sort of thing going on here uh-huh. uh but yeah i i don't i don't know because he's you know he was doing the thing with the eternium and maybe that was a cover um it just, I, I feel like he's after the monitor so you think that he is actually after the monitor so he mentions that he's like a you know, like a multiverse explorer. So he's been around the multiverse, so to speak. Um, and it's probably very much aware that certain earths are no longer available. If we, you know, if you think back to arrow, um, I think it was last week, it might've been the week before that where, uh, black canary of earth two was trying to get back to her earth, but it just simply wasn't there. A portal wouldn't even open because it would, it had nowhere to actually open to. Yeah. So it's possible that if he is who he says he is, which he very well may not be, but if let's say that he is who he says he is and he is this multiverse explorer, he probably would have been pretty early on aware of the fact that Earths were starting to disappear. And so making his way to the source of the disruption, uh, it might be what's leading him to the monitor. Now, again, Bell, this is where this is kind of where the question is, though. Is the monitor putting like is the monitor made of Eternium or like does he have something that has Eternium in it or is the whole Eternium thing just a complete bait and switch and it really doesn't even matter? Yeah, that's what I'm not sure of because I I feel like it might be a thing because he said that. You know, Wells said that, you know, uh, uh, multiverse explorers need to know these things. Uh, You know, when we ask him, like, how do you know all this? And so I feel like this is something that he doesn't know something he's trying to get an answer to and so that's why i feel like he's going to go question the monitors to try to get answers because he is a multiverse explorer the multiverse is disappearing and he wants to know why yeah Uh, and 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 so maybe the eternium uh is maybe there's like maybe the monitor's armor is made out of it i don't know maybe the book is made out of it uh, if he's still you know running around with the book maybe there's maybe there's some kind Mm. of uh, uh piece of Eternium that the monitor carries. I don't know, but like maybe that's how he's tracking him down. Right. Um, And so I feel like that's kind of what's going on there is that he's trying to uh, get answers from the monitor and he's using the Eternium to kind of like guide him to where the monitor is because the Eternium has something to do with the monitor. So this is my theory at the moment, which is very much in flux. I don't feel, I don't feel that strongly confident about it, but I'm starting to wonder not necessarily if, but what is the monitor building? Because we know from previous episodes of Arrow that, you know, Arrow's been, Oliver's been kind of a little errand boy. He's been going out and picking up stuff for the monitor, uh, specifically Dwarf Star Matter. And we know that, or we don't know, but we can perhaps assume that he, either Oliver or the monitor or somebody else entirely has been collecting Eternium. Um, So something is being built. And if we actually look directly at those materials as it relates to the DC universe, 
um, you know, the dwarf star matter having to do with kind of shrinking and expanding and the Eternium having to do with kind of this, this blending of good and evil. Is it possible, Bell, that what is being built is some sort of device to either like pull in all Earths, all the good, all the evil, all the heroes and the villains to one Earth or to expand, uh, to recreate Earths that have been destroyed. Does that make sense? Like to, to, to seed out evil and, and good into the universe, to, to, to expand out evil and good into the universe with heroes and villains, or more than likely to actually pull them in uh, to one universe or to one Earth. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be the, the, the pull-in thing because... It's. It seems like. Well, I mean, that's that's obviously what they did in in uh, in the crisis, right? In the in the comics, um, and so I feel like maybe that's the route they're going to go with that, simply because you know they have all these Earths, and it makes it makes it uh, you know easier for crossovers and things like that uh, if if they are on one Earth, and it it leads for you know. Bigger- I'm starting to think, man. Like you know, you, you you've been like like plugging this like easier crossovers and everything else. I I think I with the announcement that we got this last past week, I think you, you may be right on the money on that. And before we actually dive a little bit deeper in there, we, this is probably where we need to start kind of saying, okay, if you don't want spoilers, if you don't want to talk about what's happened beyond just speculation related to the flash, this is probably the time to turn away. Um, because we are going to talk about some news announcements and we are going to talk about what happened on air this week. So this is your warning. We'll see y'all next week. And everybody else can stick around because we're about to dive into it. Anyway, sorry not to cut you off, man, but I just wanted to, um, you know, I just wanted to give that fair warning before we get too much deeper into this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, all good. But yeah, it, it's it's it just feels kind of like they want to bring this down into one universe because I feel like they want to maybe either trim down the number of shows, uh, have another a bunch of characters like you know uh, they're 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 ending Arrow, but they're creating a spinoff from that, which I didn't see coming. Um, yeah, it, to me, it just feels like they want this in a universe that is just easily contained so that who knows, maybe they can start another multiverse, uh, with other shows elsewhere. Well, that, that this is true. I think that there's a, I think that the likelihood of a lot of these shows coming together into one earth, I'm thinking specifically black lightning and I'm thinking specifically Supergirl, uh, being brought to the same earth with flash and arrow, uh, it makes a lot of sense. And this is where I think that that this has a little bit more weight to it now. Uh, for one thing, we've got this, we've got, you know, it's been kind of, I guess, confirmed at this point that there is a Lois and Clark series, kind of a spinoff from Supergirl that is in the works right now. And so from that standpoint, if we're going to really kind of expand, if we're going to bring in a Superman character and theoretically through Batwoman, we now have kind of a Batman character. Like these are these mainstays of the DC universe are now coming into play. And if we can combine them all on one earth, we don't have to kind of play around with justice society esque stuff. We could actually have a legitimate justice league, which is not something that we've really had. We've had these time ups and all these different heroes have kind of been, operating a little bit, you know, in collaboration with one another, but there's never been any kind of established organization. And for the longest time, Bell, a lot of folks have been writing in. They hate whenever we say world's finest talking about uh, Oliver and Barry, but arguably up until this point, they have essentially been the Batman and Superman of this universe. Now I hear you. That's going to make some people mad. They're going to say, what are you talking about? Batman has now been confirmed. We know that he's out there and has existed in this universe. I hear you. But what I'm saying is thematically, they have facilitated those roles that Superman and Batman would normally like fill in a normal DC universe. If this all comes to together 
and the Superman of Supergirl becomes the Superman of all of these Earths. And they now are going to like, you know, establish kind of his own show as well. I think we're going to be more positioned for this to be a more fully realized DC, I guess, Earth or universe or whatever you say with all that that entails, as opposed to kind of these little, uh, you know, B and C level characters filling those A level roles. And I think that's exciting, man. I, I'm, oh, I'm yeah. kind of curious to see where it goes. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I think that would be a fantastic thing. Like, I don't know why uh, Warner Brothers has just been so reluctant to do a Justice League on TV, uh, especially when you I mean, I, I, I guess, granted, you know, that with the success of the Arrowverse on the CW, that maybe maybe that's what's uh, uh, driving them towards this is, you know, they're they're movies and say what you will I'm not, you know, I'm not we're not here to talk about Warner brothers movies, but you know, the, the, the movies versus the shows, there is a stark difference there. And, um, I feel like maybe with the popularity and the quality of what we're getting on television now has made them yeah. less reluctant to, uh, to, to do those big things, to have a justice league on TV, to do that kind That's of stuff, right. because we're, That's we're, exactly we're, right. you know, we're, we're, we're fans. And like, I know that, uh, when I see Christian Bale on, in the Nolan verse or, or, or Batfleck in, the DCEU or, uh, you know, the, the missing Batman and, and Batwoman, you know, I, I know I'm not an idiot and neither are 99.9% .9 of television viewers. Sure. We know that they're different characters playing different versions of the same guy. Like nobody's saying, well, how come Alfred, uh, you know, is, is Michael Caine and, and now he's not Michael Caine and I don't know what's going on. Like nobody, nobody, nobody thinks that. You know, that, that's the thing is, I think a lot of people or a lot of executives or whatnot, I don't know, they, they just I guess they, they feel like TV audiences or, or movie audiences can't deal with that kind of stuff. And it's just it's just such BS, really. I mean, it's why can't we have a Justice League on TV and a Justice League on the big screen? Yeah, no, I mean, I think I think you're right. And I think that this is the opportunity for them to do exactly that. And I hope they do. Um, Bell, we also need to talk a little bit about what happened to Arrow now. Normally, these last couple of weeks, I've been trying to catch Arrow. I love the fact that it's it's running right after the Flash. It makes it super easy to watch. Um, slight problem though, uh, the Astros are in the the, the World Series, <laughs> and so Ooh, well, look, I was fan. committed, man. Well, I'm so I'm not a huge baseball fan, but I am a Houston fan. So I'm I'm you know we're 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 going up against the nationals uh tonight actually as we're recording the podcast is the final game of the world series uh who knows whether or not we'll win i thought we were going to clinch it last night but that definitely did not happen uh regardless i was watching the world series and i didn't watch arrow i'm very very sorry if if <laughs> if, if houston wasn't in the world series i would have been watching arrow but thankfully uh because of the amazing dr allen uh, we've got a rundown of what happened on Arrow, and it is very, very relevant uh, to what's been going on on our road to crisis. So, Bell, what did uh, Dr. Allen say? Here's the TLDR. Oliver met up with Thea and Talia al Ghul in Nanda Parbat to discover uh, about the Monitor. Uh, adventures happen, betrayal occurs, and Thea and Talia battle it out over a book with the info and control of the League. They learn that the first Roz uh, thought he needed to keep good and evil in balance to avoid the Monitor coming and enforcing the balance uh, himself. A sketch in the book could have been either the Monitor or the Anti-Monitor. 
Uh, Thea proposes a partnership with Talia to form a League of Heroes, and they become partners. Uh, in the flash forwards, the kids continue to work against the Deathstrokes, and in the true Oliver fashion, Mia decides to storm the Deathstrokes' hideout, losing a teammate. While grieving, they are all enveloped by a bright light, and present-day Oliver and his future children and remaining partners show up in the bunker on presumably another Earth in present day. Okay, so, you know, last week we were talking about, I mean, this is huge. We were talking about the idea of a Arrow spinoff existing in the future. I don't know that that's the case anymore. I'm now wondering if this Arrow spinoff is going to exist in the present with characters from the future. Yeah, uh, just reading that, that's kind of what I feel like now. I, I, I feel like they, they, they want to try to avoid time travel. Uh, and we'll see what they do with Legends this season. But um, mm. I, I, with with the crisis being a, a a dead end, it is an end, right? Dealing with stuff past the crisis sort of muddles your continuity. Um, so it's that would make sense to me. They, they, they magically got brought back to the present. And now with Oliver gone in the present, there is a void there that needs to be filled now. And uh, depending on how you, know, you view timelines and stuff like that, them right. leaving their future doesn't really affect the future because it hasn't happened yet because they're in their past. Uh, but they could write themselves mm. out of time because we've seen that happen before. So I don't know. <laughs> it's, well, it's a little bit different when the earths are colliding, but, uh, yes, you know, but who knows what that means for time travel rules. Um, okay. So here's the thing. If she's sticking around, like if, if the idea is that her series is actually going to take place in the present, I may need to walk back my theory that Oliver's not going to die. Cause I didn't think Oliver was going to die, but if, if Maya or Mia or however you want to pronounce it is actually going to be now, then I think Oliver's definitely going to die. Cause I think we're going to get that handoff moment. Um, Oliver's which is unfortunate. Totally you think so? I mean, like, I'm I'm questioning myself hardcore on this. I thought he was going to definitely lose an arm, uh, as as uh, Oliver Queen is destined to do at some point. But um, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I think he's going to die. I think it's going to be, you know, um, we're going to have Oliver die and end his show. And I think it's going to be the send off that all the fans have been wanting. Uh, and I think it's going to be a graceful send off for that character and for the closeout of Arrow. Uh, I, I feel like that we're going to see this new thing take place in the same timeline so we can deal with the same characters. We can still talk about what we were talking about earlier with the crossovers and having a Justice League and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I, I think that's still in the books, especially if they come back to the present, which which apparently they have. Um, and, and so it feels like now, yes, that we're going to have a death of Oliver, which I think I think I think is needed. I think it's I think it's going to be the a fitting end to the show that started this whole universe. And same thing with uh, John Wesley Ship's Flash dying. It'll be a fitting end to, uh, you know, the first TV incarnation of the Flash. Um, theoretically, 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 I, I, I it's gonna, it's gonna happen. Um, Interesting. So, I hmm. so well, I, I mean, it's it just I don't know. I feel like it makes sense, but then again, he's been, not going out like Tony Stark though. Like that's my one thing. He's not going out like Tony Stark because that that that's the Barry play here. Like that's the Flash move is to be like you know, the, the, the one person that takes the thing that does the thing that saves everything. Well, right. I mean, maybe, maybe Oliver gets the infinity gauntlet, snaps his fingers, becomes the flash and then dies that way. 
Don't cross the streams, bro. Um, <laughs> but I don't but, know. Like, but honestly, though, like, what if there's some kind of you know mechanism that that he uh, there there's a book in Legends where whatever you write becomes real. Uh, so what if he writes in there? That well, he that was the whole flesh. thing in Elseworlds too. One well, Elseworlds too. Yeah, like like you know, there, there's there's two instances where we have seen that happen. Where uh, there there there's a book that can change reality. So like in you know in Elseworlds it's it's the Monitor's book in uh, Legends it's a uh, like weird demon book thing. But you know th- there's there's ways for reality to change, and it could be a thing where you know maybe that's huh. what happens. So he essentially like becomes the the author of existence, and so thus steps out of the story, so to speak, in order to you know, write a story, like write the worlds together, um, perhaps combined earth one and probably earth three and earth 30, whatever Supergirl's on. Yeah. Huh? I could see that happening. It's just such a weird end to that character. Like, like if you look back at like arrow season one, great, great season of television, like, and what that character was and the world that was established then and just how different it is now. Like, I don't know, all of the super stuff, Arrow always seems a little out of place on to me. Even just the concept of, like, Earth 2 Black Canary seems a little high concept for that show. But I guess I haven't been rocking with it for the last several seasons, so maybe it's not. Maybe this is, maybe they have... Maybe they've uh, come to, you know... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, again, like, you know, I haven't seen it really since past season two. Um, I've seen episodes, you know, here and there. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I feel like they're going to give... Uh, Oliver a a proper send off like that and I feel like he's going to die and I I I'm not sad about that cuz I think Arrow's had a great run. I think Stephen Amell's been great in the role and I think that would be what he would want. Yeah. So, I don't know. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um and uh so Terrence Pittman is in the chat um uh talking about the ending of last season of Arrow kind of implies pretty strongly that he doesn't die. Um but what I mean by die here, I, I mean like literally like, you know, uh, <laughs> becoming one with the speed force, whatever the arrow equivalent is of that. And maybe that's that. Maybe that is kind of, you know, becoming a monitor. Maybe that's what he does. Maybe he becomes a monitor. Um, maybe like know, there's a lot of the source wall. I don't know. Well, there's a lot of speculation that he may become the specter. That was kind of a, because of a, a tweet. A lot of people, you know, presumed that perhaps he could be uh, uh, the, the specter. Um, that's a possibility, I suppose, uh, how Jordan Green Lantern became the specter for a while. So it, it's possible. I can see it happening, but, uh, we will see one way or the other. We will certainly see. Hey, this is Patrick Sabongi and you're listening to flash TV talk. That's the sound of the police in my hood. <laughs> All right, man. Listener feedback this week. Uh, we got some great listener feedback from, uh, woo S Kim. Woo, woo. What did we have to say? Woo, woo. Um, Oh, sorry. You, you had the name at the end. Okay. Uh, season six, episode four was my favorite episode of this season thus far. I love Cisco, Ralph, and Joe's reaction to the Flash's impending demise. Uh, one of my favorite lines from Green Arrow uh, from the source material is, quote, there is no justice in being a member of the Justice League. This is summed up in Joe's speech at the end of the episode about Barry's fate in the crisis event and how unfair his fate is. Uh, I also love the irony of the dad having to say goodbye to the son when usually in fiction, it's flipped. Very true. Very true. Yeah, no, th- That's something we great. didn't really touch on. But yeah, it, it was it was, you know, 
you're a superhero. You do all these things. You save all these people. What do you get? I, I'm retiring. Like, I, I, I save people. You know, I'm a cop. But I get to retire. Go home to the woman I love, you know, and, and, and live out my retirement. You do all this. You do so much more. And you get nothing for it. And, yeah, that, that was just part of the power of that scene. I agree with you so much, Will. It was such a, such a great episode. Yeah, I mean, fantastic and uh, well well stated. Um, absolutely, man. I, the the whole concept of you know just the unfairness of it all uh, kind of adds to that denial. You know, if you look at these characters, kind of what they are, you know, with Ralph being depression and uh, uh, Cisco being bargaining. You know, it's almost like Joe is somewhat in denial of uh, of what's going to happen. Um, and I don't know. Maybe maybe at the end that was acceptance that we saw. I don't know. I don't know. We still haven't really fully seen Iris. Uh, kind of go through her process of grieving. And I think, feel like that's probably going to be a pretty strong uh, story in next episode. I saw some discussion in the chat tonight um, about kind of her and where, where she is with all this, you know, the, she wasn't really in this episode much beyond kind of um, uh, poking at Ralph a bit. And so I think that next episode is probably going to be a big episode for both her and Cisco. Um, well, yeah. if, if we're talking about the stages of grief, like she's definitely acceptance. Well, yes and no. I mean, I think you're right. Like we've seen her kind of go through it in the in the previous episodes, but I still think that there's there's more to unpack with what's going on with Iris. Um, so yeah, so we'll see. But we'll see next episode. Yeah, uh, man. We also got an iTunes review in. This is coming in from uh, TJ Kill eighty one on iTunes. What do they have to say? Flash Rific Podcast. Fun show that goes in depth on comic book lore, which I have no knowledge of. The two play <laughs> off each other well, and speedster speculation makes it very entertaining. I just wish that if I could only turn back time. I could listen to the review as the episode came out. Oh man, you know that 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 is a deep cut, TJ. Like we, <laughs> but we might actually since they say when the episode came out, they might be going back to the backlog and just landed on Chair TV Talk. Oh heck yeah! Well, you you just hit one of like I mean we peaked we peaked at Chair TV Talk. It's all downhill from here. I'm sorry. Uh, no Turtle came after that. I think Turtle uh, TV Talk. Turtle TV that was, Talk was good. You know what it is? We plateaued at Share TV Talk, and it carried us to Turtle TV Talk, and then it's all been downhill from then. Yeah, yeah. We we need yeah. we need another. Hey, we need another like you know uh, 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 crisis in that regard. As, you know what? I think actually our jump the shark moment is going to be the crisis house party. You know? Oh, <laughs> like, that is totally like, when we jump the shark. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Oh man, I'm I'm terrified. It'll be it'll six be... seasons in a house party. And yeah. <laughs> oh, we should make shirts. We should six make shirts. Seasons in a house party. Yeah, yes. we're doing it. We're doing it. Yes. We're doing it. Oh man. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. That should be the uh, the cartoon for uh, for for our patrons. By the way, man, uh, I'm gonna put you on the spot here before we close out the episode. When can our patrons from last season expect getting those uh, prints, bro? I am working on it. I am a huge horrible critic of myself and. I have a really cute uh-huh. giraffe drawn and I love it. And I'm just trying to get Wells right. And every time I draw, I, I, I sit down for like two hours and I just fidget with it and get I, it right. And I, and I screw it up. And so I, I, I do sincerely apologize. It is all on me. And I just, I'm, I'm trying to give you guys something really good and I, and I'm not happy with it. So I figured you guys won't be happy with it, but uh, I'm going to try to do Make something it. good and give you guys what you deserve for being our, awesome awesome patrons make it man you'll 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 uh i know it'll be great once once it's together and then you can immediately start working on the next one because i think the next one should probably be you and me in the in a very big empty house watching <laughs> watching the crisis 
and uh, you can follow it six seasons in a, in a house party. Yeah. That'd be great. There you go. All right, man. Well, that's going to do it for us for this week. Uh, again, shout out to our patrons at patreon.com slash TV talk. Without them, this show would definitely not be happening right now. We appreciate y'all so much. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter throughout the week. You can follow me. I'm at the real Bo York. You can follow bell at ring that bell, or you can follow flash TV talk at flash TV talk. But if 280 characters, isn't enough to express your love for our show. Feel free to email us at flash at podesterry.com. That's P O D A S T E R Y.com. And for the latest and greatest on all things Flash, including live shows, be sure to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Flash TV Talk. And as always, special thanks to Charlie Bach, who provides music for our show. You can hear the rest of his awesome stuff at soundcloud.com slash Charlie Bach. Uh, yeah, that's right. That's exactly <laughs> what you could do. <laughs> Look, this was, uh, you know, I love it because this was one of the tightest episodes of The Flash. Not so much with Flash TV Talk Podcast, man. This has been a, this has been kind of a stumbling block for us for this week, but uh, it's been don't a worry. Crisis? Ah! <laughs> we'll get it all together. Ooh, don't worry. We'll be back in a flash. Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, 
and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.